Good day. This is Murphy and Friends, and I made some statements the last time you heard, and it wasn't correct. It is, we have to be politically correct, and we are not politically correct, because it's hard to be politically correct. Last week I said something like when people played numbers, they would look into the daily news to see Ching Chong, which was uh, absolutely a derogatory statement about Asians. But it was in the newspapers. And Americans are so clear to hurt another person because we don't want to be the bottom of the totem pole. We say things like, you know, fat people really know how to dance. We say things like, if she would straighten her hair, she would be pretty. We say things like, she's pretty to be black. What does that mean? Does that tear us apart? We don't talk about what we say in our personal communities. We do talk about what we say globally, and we want everybody to say things right. October 31st is coming. And we used to say, and I'm sure some people still say, we're going to go to the faggots parade. That's what I heard. That's what I learned. I never learned the correct way of saying homosexual. And we learn when we're a child. South Pacific says you've got to teach them young. You've got to teach them young to hate. And we have to have somebody to hate. And you'll say, not me. We all know that we say now, today, 2019, it's not over until the fat woman sings. But if you're heavy set, that's a problem. You know you're heavy set. And when you say to someone that they're a nigger, they know that they're black. You don't have to say that. And do you mean, no matter how nice a person, no matter how beautiful my parents and everyone says that I am, you think you're pretty, you would be pretty if you weren't so black. And you know fat people can really dance. Now where did I learn this from? I had to learn it from somewhere. It's said all around, and nobody stops people from saying it. We just go on and on, and by the time we're four and five, we know what words, and we get mad at our children if they use the same words we use to describe someone. I'm in a different time zone. I cannot apologize for how I was brought up, for what I heard other adults say, for what I heard people say that I was playing with. We all said it. And now we want to punish our children for saying it. Now we want to punish even adults from saying it because it's not politically correct. But what is politically correct? I'm not sure. Yes, those words are biting, 
They're everything. And we have become the enemy with our mouths. How can we be trusted with another person? If I'm a good person, isn't that enough? Or do you call me a sissy? Or a bull dagger? Do you call me ugly? Because I'm not as light as another person or not as dark as someone else? Or my hair isn't as straight as somebody's? We've learned these things. We learn them every day. And we hear it. And we don't correct someone. Some, sometimes we can. But most time, when it's, it's over, when the fat woman sings, do you stop somebody and say, you know, that's incorrect? Don't say that. I try my best when I work with little kids, because I worked at elementary schools, not to say it. But when I was working at elementary schools, kids seven, eight years old, oh, I don't like Dominicans because they have drugs. I don't like uh, Jamaicans because they carry drugs. Who taught you that? You heard it in your house. And you hear it over and over again. I used to hear my mom say, when the wagon comes, we all got to go. And I knew exactly what that meant. And I don't know if I was four or five or six. That meant when I was a kid, they had horse and buggies in New York. That meant the funeral, the death of a person. And we hear things and we repeat things. And uh, I asked the parent of this child, who said Dominicans are drug dealers and Jamaicans bring drugs over. We don't have factories. We don't bring drugs anywhere. Someone brings it to distort our community and have you and me fighting each other over BS. So I asked this mother, all this mother sees is that black face sees me. Your child said, that Dominicans are this and Jamaicans are this. Where did they get that from? And the mother immediately, no, I didn't say that. I didn't say, well, who said it? Then if you didn't say it, someone around you said it and you didn't stop them. We don't know who that child who's grown up now, is going to be. But he'll, that's why we can stab somebody, shoot somebody, knock down a 71 years old woman because we've learned to hate. When I was a school social worker, I asked some girls who may have been 11 to tell me what's good about them. They couldn't say. I can tell you what's Bad about Susie? No, I didn't ask that. I asked, what's good about you? They were unable to say what was good about themselves because everything in our society 
If you're a black young girl whose hair doesn't grow long, you're a nappy head bitch. That's what you are. We call those names. We call them about our own people, not someone from the outside. Whites don't call us that. We ought to be ashamed. But we were all raised that way. And if you're a very dark complexion black person, you use a ugly black bitch. We say it. We say it constantly. And we fight each other because I'm hurt and I can't talk to you about it, so I have to fight you. But I'm also fighting the pain within me, the pain that makes me feel ugly. And there was a study done. We can argue about the veracity of the study, but I'm sure it's rather real. A study done saying that if you are not as pretty as what society thinks as pretty, you don't ex exceed as well as a person who believes that they're pretty. Now, Barbara Jordan was nothing that society says is gorgeous. She succeeded because she loved herself. My first study was about images of black women. And what I found, no matter, across the board, no matter how a black woman felt about herself, depended on how she saw herself. I would ask young women that I taught, look in the mirror. Many of them, many of them cried. Tears went down their eyes came from their eyes, and that's our fault. We see these children and we don't say anything. A white teacher I was working with was trying to tell me about a child, trying to tell a group of us about a child. She's the pretty one with blonde hair and blue eyes. And you know I responded. I said, so everybody else in your class is ugly? But every child knows in her class who she believes is the smart child. No matter what happens, no matter if the child is the dumbest child in the world, she believes that child is a smart child. Because she has blonde hair and blue eyes. She taught kindergarten. And when I was in Head Start, I was the provider of education for them. And I went to many Head Start programs. And our job is to sit with a child, sit with the teacher at lunchtime. And it's a little girl who had very clearly Indian features, East Indian, and very long hair. She said, the educator said, isn't she pretty? Look at her hair. Look at her. That's a weight on that child. Is she pretty because she's smart? Because she can do gymnastic feats? Or is she just pretty because she has long hair? You know what happens to that child. They beat the hell out of her in the playground. 
and she won't know why. Because we as adults have said she is more worthy than the other children. And at the table I was sitting with, there were two other girls. We're talking about babies if we're talking about Head Start, but we've already groomed them to see, for them to understand what is pretty and what is not pretty. Not that the other kids are, are not pretty. She said nothing to the other kids. And I asked her, can we speak? And I said, the next time you say something like that, I'm going to write you up and I'm, and I'm going to report you. Because she has no business being a teacher in a Head Start program. She is the one that puts knives into children. She is the one that kills them intellectually and spiritually. She is the one to distort their whole view at four years old. And I'm sure all of us who are listening to me have had the same experience where your looks were the qualifying element that determined a lot of your success in life. A lot of way males look at us. And for black women, we have to fight all of the time all of the time, we raise our children, we raise other people's children. We have to go on a job where many of them do not see that you are as capable as they are. And we're fighting constantly, but we must hold our children. I had the opportunity in 2017 and 2018 or was it 2018 and 2019, to work in an after-school program. So there's an equal amount of boys and girls, because it's elementary school. They haven't dropped out yet. They haven't felt so bad about themselves. They don't see where their lives could go. And I felt it was my duty to look at black boys and tell them something positive. Why I say that, as a teacher at Lehman College for 35 years, black women may drop out of school for a minute, may have a baby, and then they find out the only jobs they can get are jobs cleaning up behind someone or something in an office building. So they, they go to school, they get their diplomas, and they come to Lehman. I cannot say the most about black men. Professor Joe Jackson said to me about 20 years ago, the percentage of black males at Lehman was something like 10%. What are we talking about? A school that has six, 7,000 people coming day, night, and weekends. So we might have that many black males in the program. So I felt it was my duty when a black male did something good to say it. Now, good to you may mean that he's got a hundred on the test. That's, that's not what I mean. That means that he moved from one level to another or sustained the level that he had. 
that's good. And so I would tell them, Miss Murphy is upset with you because you did this. Now tell me what you should have done. They'll tell you. I said, because I want you to be my lawyer. I want you to be my doctor. I want you to go to college and be something or use your hands to be something. And I said, I think you are so good. This is the first time that I've been in a school where I got wonderful presents from parents. And I was on their kid's case. Does Miss Murphy expect that from you? I expect better. Because what am I going to happen when I get old? Who's going to take care of me? I need you. I think when you say that to a child, a child feels good about himself. They feel that they can conquer the world because this adult thinks that they're wonderful. This adult embraces them. And this was especially important for my black and Hispanic males. I'm not going to tell them you're a roughneck. You ain't going to be nobody. That's for haters. And believe me, there have been teachers who said that. I went to a workshop 25 years ago, maybe, and I do this routine a lot. Take a piece of paper that says, I love you. Child gets up in the morning smiling, runs into the bathroom, and someone says something in the house negative to them. Why didn't you brush your teeth right? Why didn't you wash your face right? You make me so sick. We say that to children, and we break them. We break every bone in their little bodies. Come on, come on, got to eat breakfast. You spilled that? Do you know what that cost me? You make me so sick. I hear it. I hear parents chastising their children with full of hate and anger. I don't believe they hate their child. I believe that they hate being put in situations they wish they should not be put in. We need to teach parents because we learn when we're young. As South Pacific says, you've got to be taught again and again to hate. But the first person a child hates is him or herself. That's who the child hates. That's who a child wants to beat up, but they can't beat up themselves. So they beat up another child. And we help them do that day by day. So this paper that has I love you in it, before the child sometimes gets to school, we tear it. It's tear, torn to shreds. And because that child acts out many times, not all the time, the teacher sees it. And that child gets on the teacher's nerves.
but we teach them young. And we say things terrible. We call people idiots. We call people dumb and stupid. But that's what they learn. Blacks have been called that many, many times, too many times. That we're worthless. And who do we hear from? We learn it in our homes. We learn it when our parents get angry and they don't know what to say except, I hate you. You're an idiot. Depending on the sex of, of the parent, you're just like your father or you're just like your mother, nothing. When I say this, it makes me feel bad. But I have two close friends, Martha and Cindy. Both of them are estranged from their husband or mate. And I've never heard them say a cruel thing to their children about their mate, former mate. And they're always open to love. And so their children breed love. That's what we should do. We have to say, what are the things I say in, in my home that upsets my children? Or ask them, because we're teaching them. Even ask grandma or grandpa. Let's have a dialogue about this. I want to have a conversation. Conversations could be small talk. Let's have a dialogue. Let's take our child out and walk them to the store and show all the pretty things about the world around them, from the flower that's blooming, from the butterfly, everything that's around them, and ask them how do they think about it. I know they have thoughts, and I know the thoughts are real, and they want to be loved. But if you call me ugly, the kids in the park call me ugly. If I don't do well in school, all the kids say, oh, that's, he's a dummy, or she's a dummy. They say that. But who taught them that? Well, if I'm a fat lady, maybe I don't sing. If I'm a fat lady, maybe I don't dance. If I'm a dark complexion black person, I believe I'm cute, but you destroy me. I was in one school on Webster Avenue where our black boys, this was a, I don't know an intermediate school from a middle school, called the black girls shameless names shameless names and so many of our black boys want to be with girls who are Puerto Rican or Dominican but not with it. This is another stain on black women. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart enough 
and I know everybody is listening out there knows that uh, black women have more college degrees that percentage wise than any group out there. More masters, more doctorates, more double masters and doctorates and all that. But I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough for you. What makes me good? Am I too black? Is my hair not straight? My lips too wide? My butt too big? What makes me good out here? Certainly not you. You make me feel like I'm nothing. Nothing. I want all of us who are listening to me, I hope I don't sound like I'm rambling, to take note on what we say, even to our friends, and we think it's, oh, it's harmless. No, it's not harmless. You know it's not harmless. I'm so used to being said something about that sometimes I'll someone will say something and I don't even can't even remember it have I gone so hard in my personal life that I can absorb your blows our children absorbs your blows how long can I absorb your blows when I tell people I don't feel well they challenge that. This is if I'm telling a story. And we challenge when we don't need to challenge. Why can't we say something good about another human being? I just want to know. Your mother, your father, grandparents would tell you, if you can't say anything good, don't say it at all. Call out people when they say things that are tremendously hurtful. Check ourselves when we talk about a person we dislike. It's not wrong to dislike somebody. But you got to be specific about what you dislike about the person. That's what I have to say today. I hope the whole... I, I'm so sorry. I hope to have an author here next week to talk about her books. We have two or three authors and I hope to have them out so you can hear a different approach. We have so many authors. I am I am shocked. I'm happy for them though. And I want to say see you next time. Murphy and friends. If you want to write me and tell me about your thoughts about what I'm saying, write. I'm giving you my email, tnona, T-N-O-N-A-4-5 at gmail.com. Com. Thank you. Thank you you for inviting me into your hearts and into your homes. I'll see you next week. Thank you.